Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. Uh, it was a very interesting movie. It's actually a really good movie. Um, it's pretty controversial in, in its book form. The movie is not quite as controversial. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, when I first heard about this movie coming out, I thought this is a great candidate for a God in the movies. Today is going to be a little bit different. Normally, we'll take some clips and I'll teach a sermon or I'll, I'll weave those clips throughout a message. Today is a little bit different because the clips are so long because it's a very dialogue-driven movie. And what we're going to do instead is it's so beautiful. These clips are so good and the way the conversation works is that I'm going to, we're going to watch the clips. They're like three, four, five minutes a piece. Okay, there's four clips today. And what we're going to do is after the clip is over, I'm going to read a scripture or two, make a brief comment, and then we're going to watch another clip. You understand? So the idea today is not so much for me to teach you something as it is to allow the movie to speak and then to comment a little bit on it. And here's what I would say to you. This movie is, is actually, it's quite beautiful. It's a really beautiful movie about, uh, about who God is and what he is doing in our world today. And I think a lot of people are confused about that. And I think that, you know, if you have a friend who's hurting or something's happened in their life or they want to know who God is and kind of the core of who he is, I would encourage you to watch this movie. So the movie The Shack is about a man named Mac. Mac uh, is a family man who uh, took his family camping and... He and his daughter and his son and his youngest daughter went to a camping trip, and his daughter ends up getting abducted and actually murdered, um, you know, from someone who abducted her from the camp. And it, I mean, understandably, wrecks him and pretty much destroys him. Um, Mac, for the next year or so, we don't know the time frame between when that happens. Uh, his marriage is beginning to fall apart. His uh, relationship with his kids, they're becoming very distant. His daughter, uh, the one who's remaining, is beginning to blame herself because they were playing out and distracted her dad. And so she's thinking that she was the one and the reason for, for her, uh, her sister being abducted. And so understandably, this man begins to become very angry at life. He doesn't know what to do anymore. He's frustrated and he begins to take it out on God. God, if you're good, why would you allow this to happen? I mean, these are questions that people ask all the time. God, if you're a good God, why do you let these things happen, right? And so these questions are rolling through his mind. And one day his family is away and he goes outside uh, and it's a big snowstorm and he finds in his mailbox an invitation, a letter addressed to him inviting Mac to come to a shack in the mountains to have a face-to-face conversation with God. And so the movie is about Mac traveling to the mountain and essentially having uh, a conversation with three different individuals who are representing the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit um, and, and talking about he gets to unload on God all the things that he feels, but God also gets to reframe the conversation from a different perspective. Now, the controversy that's associated with this movie is really surrounding two main concepts. The first is that how God relates to people as human beings. Some people had a problem with that. They didn't like seeing uh, the God the Father being exhibited as a, as a black woman. Like they thought, like that's, like that's not who God is. But it's funny because you often see God portrayed as a big old white guy, right, in the sky. And, and I, think, I think this is probably the lesser of the controversy 
because it, it, it's only, it's just approaching God from an allegorical kind of a way, like an imaginative way, okay? So, so it's not an image, an idea of trying to make God an idol. It's just saying, if God were to appear, what would he look like? Okay, that's the idea, right? So that's, that's maybe, some people really take it and they, they were frustrated that God was shown in pictures at all. So that's, but that's not really the biggest piece of controversy. The second thing is probably the author's apparent perspective on concepts of things like sin and judgment. And it seems to lean towards what would be called a universalist theology, okay? So, and it's not a lot in the movie. There's one particular space in the movie where, 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 where God says to, to Mac, you know, sin is its own punishment. I don't need to punish people. Sin is its own punishment. Seeming to, to, um, to, to kind of like in, in, in indicate that, 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 that the author's perspective is that God doesn't judge sin, that there is no such thing as heaven or hell or, or those things. And that's not really what we're trying to talk about today. In the book, I think it's a lot heavier. There's a lot more language that comes together that creates words that make people pause and wonder. So I would encourage you to watch the movie. I would encourage you to read the book, and I'd love to talk to you about it. We don't have time today to get into all the theological discussions about some of those minute kind of concepts of theology and, and the controversy. And I would say this to you. If you watch the movie or even if you read the book and you get hung up on these these few small pieces, which are important to know what you believe. It's important to know what the Bible teaches and, and be able to have conversations with people. But if you watch a movie and you read a book and you associate that that book or movie is the same thing as Scripture, then you are mistaken. It is not the Bible. The book in the movie is an author who is trying to help create a creative, imaginative, fictional, allegorical view of what God is like and what he's doing in the world. And what I would say is, is try to get past maybe if you, if you have and you do feel like it's controversial. And I'm not saying it's not. All I'm saying is, is if, if, you, if all you do is focus on those things, then I think you're going to miss the point of the movie and the book in the first place, which is really all about who God is and how he loves his, his creation. So what we're going to do, without further ado, is we are going to begin by watching the first clip, and it is about five minutes long, and this is where Mac has a conversation, the first deep conversation with who, with, uh, with the first individual who is appearing as God the Father. Let's take a look, and then we're going to comment on it in just a few minutes. Remember that smell? Ma Griff. Your mother's perfume. She loves you more than you can possibly know. Am I dead? Do you feel dead? You knew I would come, didn't you? Of course I did. Was I free not to come? I'm not interested in prisoners. Free to walk out that door right now. Why did you bring me back here? Because here's where you got stuck. You're wearing a dress. Excuse me? Pictured you with a white beard. 
I think that's Santa. <laughs> After what you've been through, I didn't think you could handle a father right now. Here, make yourself useful. between the snack. You may not believe it, but I am especially fond of you. Mm-hmm. I want to heal that wound that's grown inside you and between us. There's no easy answer that'll take your pain away. No instant fix that's enduring. Life takes a bit of time and a lot of relationship. Relationship. Mm -hmm. You're the almighty God, right? You know everything. You're everywhere all at once. You have limitless power. Yet somehow... you say you are where were you when I needed you son when all you see is your pain you lose sight of me stop talking in riddles how can you say that you will help sets everyone free and the truth has a name he's over in his woodshed right now covered in sawdust truth hmm? I know that story you left him too seems like you have a bad habit of turning your back on those you supposedly love I'm not who you think I am he said it himself my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? No, Mac. You misunderstand the mystery. Don't ever think 
at what my son chose to do didn't cost us both dearly. Love always leaves a mark. We were there together. I never left him. I never left you. I never left him. All right, so this movie, I dare you to try to not get your tear ducts going. <laughs> so John 3.16 says, For God loved the world in this way, that he gave his one and only Son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Very famous verse. Verse 17 continues, For God did not send his Son into the world that he might condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. You know, that is a famous passage that outlines God's motives for how he operates in general and how he operates in the world. He loves us. He loves us so much that he was not willing to allow us to remain separated from him. And all the pain and the suffering that we face in life, it cannot separate us from his desire to be in relationship with us. And I love that line that says, when all you see is your pain, you lose sight of me. I think that is so perfect because that's true. I've experienced that. Have you experienced that? Like, it seems like the times when we are hurting the most, we feel like, God, where are you? But the nature of who he is is that he is present everywhere at all times. So it's not that God went somewhere. It's that we can't see him because of what we're focused on. And they mention in, this, in, this, in the, the clip there that in that moment of Jesus on the cross and he's in such utter pain and he says, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I, I think it's interesting. And this is a moment where you have to kind of suspend I want to say suspend theology, but where you have to think as a human being. Jesus in other places was very clearly a human being. In the garden, just before this moment, he was crying out to God and it said he sweated blood. That He was so stressed out about what he knew was coming. What kind of a God would be stressed about, about what he was doing if he wasn't human? And we know that Jesus was a human being and that he was stressed out about knowing what was coming to him. So is it potentially so far-fetched of us to think that while we, Jesus was on the cross, let's just imagine for a moment, is it even possible that perhaps when he cried out that it was a moment of humanity, of the pain is so tough, it was so strong for him, that what he was dealing with, that he forgot that his own father was there with him? And I think about that, and I think I love that scene in the movie because that's what it means, right, for Jesus to be like us. The, the scriptures talk about how he went through every trial and every temptation so that he could understand us, that he could identify with us. And even in a moment like this where we don't understand what God is doing and we feel like he was, that we were alone, that perhaps we weren't as alone as we thought we were. So let's just think for a moment that even if that his pain caused Jesus to forget his father's presence, that it doesn't mean that the father wasn't there with him. Because scripture also teaches, it teaches us that, that, that they are one. We see that. We know that. And God loves, him, loves us so much that he gave himself so that we could know him and be loved by him. Let's continue with our second clip. This story is going to kind of build on itself. Let's see what else happens. Morning, Mac. You like Neil Young. Especially fond of him. I'll just leave back. Fine. You know, dreams are important. They can be a way of 
Opening a window. Letting the bad air out. Is there anyone you're not especially fond of? Nope. Haven't been able to find any. Guess that's just the way I am. Don't you get mad at them? I'm sure. But Baron doesn't. That's when your whole wrath thing comes in, right? My what? Your wrath. You lost me there. Come on. Everybody knows you punish the people who disappoint you. Hmm. Nope. I don't need to punish people. Sin is his own punishment. As difficult as it is for you to accept, I'm in the middle of everything you perceive to be a mess, working for your good. That's what I do. How can you say that? Of all the pain and suffering in the world, what possible good comes from a little girl being murdered by a sick monster? See, you may not cause those things, but you certainly don't stop them. Mackenzie, you're trying to make sense of your world based on a very incomplete picture. It's like looking through the knothole of your pain. The real underlying flaw in your life is that you don't think that I'm good. I am. And if you knew me, and how much I love you. And even when you don't understand, you could know that I am at work in your life for good. And then you would trust me. Trust you? Why would I do that? My daughter is dead. There's nothing you can say that will ever justify what happened to her. So Romans 8, 28 says, We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, those who are called according to his purposes. And then in Acts chapter 3, verses 19 to 21, it says, Therefore repent and turn back, so that your sins may be wiped out, that the seasons of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Jesus, who has been appointed for you as the Messiah. Heaven must welcome him until the times of the restoration of all things, which God spoke about by the mouth of his holy prophets from the beginning. This is, I think, the part that's really hard for all of us to understand. If God is good, then why does he allow all of these things to happen? Why do we see this pain? And some of you might even be in the room right now, and you're, you're really identifying with this, you know, that there are things that maybe you've gone to church all your life, or maybe it's your first time at a church, and and you're here because a friend dragged you to church, or, or I don't know what the situation is, but, and you've been wondering, you can be a Christian and still wonder and still harbor. In this movie, Mac is a Christian. He believes in God. He believes in Jesus, and he is so angry to the point of almost hatred, if not hatred. I mean, isn't that, isn't that something? I mean, how many of you have had, and I hope, I hope none of you, but how many of you, you don't have to raise your hand, have had a situation where your family member has hurting you so bad, you love them, but you hate them too? 
you know, this, this feeling. And this is what Mac is struggling with. This is what many of us struggle with. I don't understand how if God is good, how can he allow these things to happen? And then, but then God flips it and says the real question is, is how do we view God? We're viewing everything that we see from our perspective, from the perspective of the knothole of our pain, for example, right? We think that God is not good because, he, because these things that aren't good happen to us. It's what, the question is, how do we view God? Is it whether or not we trust that he is good and that he is true to his word, that he is always working as an in process of restoring all things, even when it's hard to see? So this next clip beautifully illustrates the tension that we all live in on a daily basis. So now we're going to switch characters where Mac has an opportunity to speak with the person who's representing the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. Let's, let's listen. Well, this is wild. <laughs> that isn't the word in your head. Okay, this is a mess. It is, isn't it? So beautiful. There's something very special I want to plant here tomorrow. Prepare the ground. We have to dig up all the roots or they'll return and harm the new growth. But this is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. You can start over there. Okay. Presuming that poison is bad. Uh-huh. On its own, the sap from this twig would kill you, but combine it with the nectar from this flower, and suddenly it contains incredible healing properties. evil. 
Arguments ensue. Wars break out. Because all insist on playing God. You weren't meant to do any of that. All on your own. This was always meant to be a conversation between friends. What do you think? It's still a mess. <laughs> yes, it is, Mac. Wild, wonderful, and perfectly in process. This mess is you. In Genesis chapters 2 and 3, we see Adam and Eve walking in the garden. We see them having conversations like friends with God. And after the story that we know of the fall of man with the apple and, and this whole story, God wonders where they are. And he says, where are you? And he's asking this question, expecting an answer. I mean, oftentimes in the Old Testament particularly, we see this imagery of people walking with God. Or we, you know, Abraham or, or a, a myriad of others, Abraham or Isaac or Jacob. And it just says God appeared to, to that person and they had conversation. And I love that line that says this was always meant to be a conversation between friends because the earliest concept that we see, the earliest picture or illustration of who God is, is in relationship with his people. It was all about conversation, and we have gotten away from that as, as people. Genesis chapter, or sorry, John chapter 14, verse 26 says, But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. It sounds a lot like a conversation, doesn't it? It sounds like when you listen to God whispering in your ear, he's talking to you, that he is around all the time. And I think the tension for all of us is that we still live in a world where terrible things happen. But there is beauty and there is healing that is also happening in our world too. God is at work in our world. And that's the hard thing that Mac was having trouble seeing. That's the hardest thing that's, I think, difficult for so many of us to see is that God is present, that God is at work. And the question that we ask is, what is God up to? We're asking that, like, God, where are you and what are you doing? The problem is that we get confused and then we think that we know what's going on. Our worldview is what dictates how we see everything. And I'm reminded of when God said to Mac, when all you see is your pain, you lose sight of me. I love that. I wish that was in the Bible. So we ask the question, what is God up to in this world? How is he healing the world? If our worship team wants to go ahead and come forward, we're going to watch one final clip and wrap up today. What is God doing in this world today? Let's watch. This is God the Father, by the way. Mac. Wake up. It's time for us to go. Papa. <laughs> Good morning, son. You're messing with me, aren't you? Oh, always. For what we have to do today, you're going to need a father. 
What are we doing? Almost there. something that's going to be very painful for you. Please don't. Son, we're on a healing trail to bring closure to this part of your journey. Forgive him. Mm -hmm. He killed my daughter. I want to hurt him. I want him to hurt like he hurt me. I want you to hurt him. I know you do. But he too is my son. And I want to redeem him. Redeem him? He should burn in hell. So we're back to you as the judge. So you, you just let him get away with it? Nobody gets away with anything. Everything bears consequences. What he did was horrible. I'm not asking you to excuse what he did. I'm asking you to trust me to do what's right and to know what's best. And then what? Forgiveness doesn't establish your relationship. It's just about letting go of his throat. Mac, the pain inside is devouring you, robbing you of joy and crippling your capacity to love. I can't. You're not stuck because you can't. You're stuck because you won't. Mackenzie, you're such a joy. 
still angry. Of course you are. No one lets go all at once. You might have to do it a, a thousand times before it gets any easier. But it will. Let's go. Would you stand with me? What is God up to? How is he working for our good? How do we move through our pain, through our world and these things? What is God up to? Offering forgiveness and setting the example for each of us to follow. I think that's the story that we see over and over again through scripture is God says, I am the only one who is righteous. I'm the only one who has the capacity, the only one who has the right to judge. Because what happens when we think we know, we make a mess of everything. Our world gets destroyed. The people we love get hurt, sometimes by our own hand and sometimes by others. And we blame God for it. But the reality is, is that he's not doing any of it. It's our own making. And God says, the only way to stop it, the only way to change things, what I want to get things back to where we can all know each other. And I love that, that idea of that he's my son too, that person who hurts us so hard and it's so hard for us to, 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 to see them as a person, to not see them as a, as, without the lens of the pain that we, that we look through. But God in heaven says, that's my child. And they're messed up and they've done things that are terrible, but at the same time, I love them. And I love that because that gives me hope. It gives us all hope that no matter what we do, in our weakest and worst moments, that he is there and he will always love us. And so he's saying, hey, you guys, I'm, ex I'm helping you experience freedom. I'm helping you experience love. I'm helping you see beyond the things that you thought you could never get past. But part of that is letting go. And I want to work in the world to allow you to help you to be to help others see me because they can't see me yet because they have to have someone who can have that conversation. We're not all going to end up in a mountain in a shack and have a conversation with, a, with a, an image of God. He's chosen us, each one of us, to be that representative, to be that person to say, God has healed my life. And now as I have a conversation with a friend of mine, I can have that conversation and help them see. And he does that by offering us forgiveness, but then asking us to extend that to others. So what is God doing in the world? What is he up to? To be like Jesus. He gave his life willingly for us to stop the cycle, to bring healing. And the truth is that we can only find healing in our lives when we let go of the throats of those who have wronged us. God can only begin to heal our hearts when we give him the room to help us. And the path to healing for everyone in this world is forgiveness and love. And so to wrap things up today, our big idea is this. This kind of caps off everything. God shows us that forgiveness frees us to get past our own pain, to help others through theirs. We are living in a world that is full of pain and suffering and horrible things. But God shows us that forgiveness frees us to get past our own pain, to help others through theirs. Let's pray together. Father, thank you 
Thank you for creative minds to create books and movies that speak to us in such deep ways. I thank you that we can identify with stories like this. God, I pray if there's anyone in the room right now who's dealing with a a great deal of pain in their heart or suffering, holding back, holding things like bitterness, I pray that you would free them from it in Jesus' name. I pray that they would let go of it right now in Jesus' name, that they would take their hands off the throat of those who have hurt them. I pray that you would rush through them, Holy Spirit, right now with a wind of, of peace and of comfort. I pray that you would transform their hearts from a shattered mess on the ground and that you would replace it with a new heart, one that is soft, one that can beat with love again. I pray that you would help us to see those in our lives, all of us, God, those who are, who are angry, those who are frustrating us, those who, who have hurt us, those who will hurt us, those in the future to come that are not going to be able to respond the way that they should because they're hurting themselves. I pray that you would help each one of us to see, to see them as you do, as a child who needs love and who needs grace and forgiveness. And help us, God, to have strength Help us to have your spirit living inside of us. Let us have that conversation with you to hear the whisper of your voice telling us, no, love them instead of hurting them. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's respond together by singing a chorus of a song. Let's just give God all of our heart today. Thank him for speaking to us with such truth. Let's sing together. God with us, God for us.
Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you call Encounter Church Home or if you'd like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterGiving.com. Also, stay up to date with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EncounterPGH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.